another episode of Unapologetically Joy. My name is Joy, I'm the host of this podcast, and we have another special guest today, and his name is Justin Williams, and he's the author of the book In the Eye of the Father, and also the host of the Hidden Gateway podcast, and his mission is to create more awareness about the body, mind, and soul, and inspires people to live and speak their truth, and also to live your most authentic you. And that's also the mission of our podcast. So I'm really happy that you want to be on my show. So uh, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Joy. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. I've been looking forward to this. This is awesome. Nice. And how are you today? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I know before we hit record, I was telling you it kind of kind of started off shaky a bit, but uh, you know, things things align for me and I'm just I'm just pushing through. So perfect. That's good to hear. And um, yeah, I will actually really like to go through the beginning of your spiritual journey. And um, yeah, you've been going through a lot, actually, a lot of uh, traumatic uh, events. And um, yeah, what I really liked about your story is that um, you really took ownership of your life and you really choose to live uh, from out love instead of hate. And I really like that. So um yeah, how did your spiritual journey start? Um, did you have like one moment of awakening or did it happen gradually? That's a great question, Joy. You know, my spiritual journey has been, you know, the way I look at it, it's been going on forever, even before I got here. Right. Because I, I definitely know that we are all spirits having a human experience right mm -hmm. a lot of people may think we're humans and having a spiritual experience but I, I i like to say it the other way around so um when i first first arrived here when i was born it was uh it was a traumatic experience if you will my mother gave birth to me i was a big baby you know i was almost 10 pounds and uh mm -hmm. she had a lot of complications during delivery and the doctor uh, she couldn't she couldn't push me out. And the doctor had her do this maneuver. And when my mom did that maneuver, uh, her uterus burst and she started bleeding out. And so she lost a ton of blood. And then the doctor finally delivered me. Um, from there, I went to uh, ICU, like pediatrics ICU. And I, I didn't see my mom for like a week or two after I was born. So right off the bat there, that traumatic experience and then not having that that bonding that's necessary for mother and child mm -hmm. soon after a child is born, immediately after a child was born. I never experienced that. And then fast forward uh, a few years later, you know, I, I um, was was victim of of uh, of my father, who was very abusive. He was this uh, Marine who was also an alcoholic and he mm -hmm. had a lot of issues that he never dealt with. And because of that, he was very violent both physically and psychologically to to our family. So I received a lot of abuse, even, you know, starting at like the earliest, uh, I believe was was like four, you know, when, when he came home for work one day, he I ran up to him, daddy, daddy, picked me up and then just slammed me down on the ground. You know, I was four years mm -hmm. old and I had f forgot about that. That actually was embedded in my subconscious mind for many years up until um, I was in my 20s soon before my father passed because he was he was dying and he, he knew he didn't have much longer. So he he told me what what happened. And then I, I had this vision. I saw it, you know, but I had I had 
you know, let it go into my subconscious mind. But as soon as he told me again, I saw exactly what happened and he apologized for it. And, you know, um, just, just very abusive. And then I remember, uh, when I was about five years old, he, he beat my brother and I very badly as well. And then him and my mom divorced, they had this, this really bad fight where he chased her out that, out the house with knives and, um, you know, he left and then she came back and then we moved to Toledo to go live with my sister. So I, I had these, these events that happened earlier in my life that really shaped and, and molded me to, um, become very quiet, right. And, and not express myself. And, uh, I did link up with my father a little bit later, years later in life, we were him and my mom tried to work together and work things out. Um, and he was very abusive during that time too. His mantra was a child is to be seen and not heard. So he was very controlling and which caused me to become an introvert. I didn't know how to express myself. Um, I didn't know how to, uh, you know, think for myself because he was doing all these things for me. And, you know, fast forward through life. I then became a, a, a father at, at 19 at a very young age and just, just, just living my life. Then I eventually got married and, you know, right around, um, 2014, when I was living in San Diego, California, um, I started searching, you know, because I, I, my spirit didn't feel right. You know, something just didn't feel right in my spirit. And I knew it was something more for me or something greater that I was supposed to be experienced that I, I, I wasn't. And so I remember coming home from work one day and I had a rough day at work. And then I, I went up into my bedroom, I sat on the bed and, I asked the father, I asked God or, or, you know, whatever we want to call it, universe, you know, it's all the same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, I want to know truth. And then I heard a voice just like you hear my voice. And just like I hear your voice, it's, mm -hmm. it said, nothing is as it seems. And I just said, wow, that like blew me away. And so this took me down this journey of learning about truth in regards to the world and the government and people. And I, mm -hmm. even to this day, I take that very literally, nothing is as it seems like this world mm -hmm. we live in, it's a theater, right? Yeah. And, and, and essentially we're all actors and yeah. you have the good and then you have the bad or the dark, or the light and the dark, whatever we want to call it. And there's a spiritual warfare going on as well. Yeah. And this is what I've, I've learned. Right. And mm -hmm. then, so, you know, during this time, I then started going to church because I was raised in the church, right? I was one of those kids who, who went to church several days a week, you know? Um, so I started going to church, tried a few different churches out. Nothing really sat well with me as far as the church. Right. And mm -hmm. then, so I stopped going to church and then fast forward to 2020. Um, wow. I'm sitting at home like millions of other people around the world because of the situation that happened in 2020 and uh, hooked up with a good friend of mine who I hadn't spoke to in, in, in some time. And uh, this person introduced me to um, all types of stuff, so mainly spirituality, right? I, I learned about uh, meditation as well. I started doing a hemisync meditation, yeah. Right. Which I which I know you're familiar with. And, and that was certainly life changing for me. And then I did something that I never thought I would ever do. I always say I would never do. And that was go skydiving. I went up 20,000 wow. feet in the plane and jumped out the plane. And that was so important for me. It's it like really... a metaphor, too, right? A metaphor in life that you have yes. to jump. 
Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and that skydiving experience that taught me so much, but I also learned so much about myself as well. Um, I learned that I am strong and I learned that I can do anything I put my mind to. And I also learned how to control fear, which was mm-hmm. huge because I grew up with so much fear from all this abuse as a young kid. And then also when I was in middle school from like 10 till about 13. These are years where my dad was having a lot of issues. And and again, we were living with him again and he was very abusive. And so I had all this fear, all this toxic, toxic, negative energy built up Mm -hmm. and was just fearful of, of many things Mm -hmm. my entire life. So leading up to the jump, I really had to learn how to take control of that fear because I knew this is something that I had to do. And I did it and it that was life changing for me. And I learned so much about, like I said, myself, but fear as well. I learned that fear is a bully. And that's the way I started looking at fear. And hey, I'm not gonna let anybody bully me. That's just not in my in my mindset, in my in, in my demeanor, right? I was bullied enough as a kid by my father. So once I started looking at fear as being a bully, I said, Okay, I'm not gonna, you know, let this energy of fear bully me around. And I also learned that fear also fears, right? And fear fears not being able to make you fear any longer. That's its fear. And so that was like my aha moment. The light bulb went off in my head. And I said, I'm not going to let fear control me anymore. And don't get me wrong. And I don't want your audience to get me wrong. There are times, obviously, when I'm like, oh, oh," you know, but I don't let it control me. I push through. You know, because fear always tries us in life, whether it's from with relationships with people or from a job or family members or or whatever. You know, even when I started my podcast, that was that was fear. Right. A couple of years ago, I was like, oh, my God, do a podcast. This is like December of 2020, soon after my sky jump, a couple months after my sky, my skydiving. And I, I was just like, oh, you know, but but I did it. I did it, you know. And then uh, during that time in 2020 as well, again, I started meditating. I started learning about Archangels. Specifically, Mm -hmm. I learned a lot about Archangel uh, Metatron Mm -hmm. as well. And, um, you know, the spiritual, spiritual world, you know. And then fast forward to March of 21, I I went and did ayahuasca. I I, I did an ayahuasca ceremony, yeah, (laughs) three days in the desert. And that was life-changing as well. So, um I know that was a lot. <laughs> I know you asked me when did when did it first start, but I would have to say I, I've definitely been on my spiritual journey for a long time, but it was a, a very strong pivot in 2020. Yeah. But I think it's never going to stop anyway. You know, right. You also said something about this little voice, right? Is that like the intuition or how can you describe this? Well, I, I, I know that was the universe speaking to me because but- I asked the universe about truth and the universe answered immediately. And, uh, again, I was, I was in awe when, when that happened, because again, it was a voice. I literally heard a voice. It said, nothing is as it seems. And, um, even to this day with everything I've learned, uh, specifically over the last two years that, um, I find that to be true more than ever, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, so you're really open-minded now. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I am I am very very open-minded. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people who who knows that anything is possible. 
Like literally, I take that literal, literal as well. Like anything mm-hmm. is possible, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I've never been the type of person where I'm like really surprised by a lot of things, you know? So when I say anything is possible, if I find something out or I read about something, I'm kind of like, okay, I can, I can believe that. Now I know when something is some BS as well. Right. Cause I have that, mm-hmm. that intuition, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was definitely the universe speaking with me. Wow. So interesting. And how can we be more in touch with the universe? How can we listen more? Like, do we have to ask questions more or do you think like we need to practice more about meditation? Um, what do you recommend? Well, I definitely recommend meditation. Meditation mm-hmm. is can is, is is definitely can be life changing for 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 a lot of people, for many many people. You know, just finding time to be alone. Like for me personally, I have what I call a sacred space. Right, it's my closet. I have a little altar set up in there. I have incense. I go in there and burn my incense about ten fifteen minutes before I go in there. I work with crystals as well. I have my my crystal grids in there and my crystals in there. And, uh, you know, that, 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 I think that's a start, but it's, it's also important to know you have to set your intentions as well. And you have to be very specific about what you, what you want, like to the T you have to be very, very specific, right? So example, if, if, you know, you, you want a car, you just can't say, Oh, I want a new car, right? You got to say, I want a 2022 blue drop top Corvette with shiny chrome rims. You know, you got to be, you have to be very, very specific about what you want. You know, mm-hmm. um, now I'm, I'm personally not the type of person where, where I ask for like material type things. My biggest wants from the universe is greater knowledge and greater wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the two things that, that I strive to um, learn more about um, throughout, throughout my journey. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I also see it as like a web shop, for example. You order something, but you really have to be specific. If you're going to go to a web shop and you say like, I just want a black jeans, then you get like a random black jeans, right? You have to give your size, you have to give everything. And then you receive the right jeans, right? So that's how I always see it when I try to ask something. And I also like to make mood boards, for example. I really uh, am a picture person, you know, with images. Yeah, I, uh, I really like that. And nice. you also um, talked about the HemiSync experience. Yeah. Um, maybe you can explain a little bit more what happened when you when you did that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, HemiSync is a specific meditation, and mm-hmm. what HemiSync uses is something called binaural beats. Now, binaural beats is when you have on your your AirPods or your earbuds, right? And you have a tone going into one ear and another tone going into your other ear, right? Two different wavelength tones, right? And then once those tones go into your, your brain, if you will, it creates another tone. So you have these three tones going on, left ear, right ear. And once they connect in your brain, it's a third one that's developed. And what that does, that sinks your brain, mm-hmm. right? And then that... From there, it puts you in a very, very relaxed state of mind, like super relaxed state of mind. It's unbelievable how relaxed you can become listening to a hemi-sync meditation mm-hmm. with these binaural beats. And then from there, you know, I, I specifically use guided meditation. So it's somebody in my ear speaking and helping me become even further relaxed and then helping me go to a place other than here. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've had out-of-body experiences um, I have had 
all types of visions doing these meditations. And they have been nothing short of life changing for me, which is another reason why I say anything is possible because I've been to the spiritual world during meditation as well as during my ayahuasca experience, right? And I've seen things. And what I've learned is what happens here on earth is simply just a reflection of what goes on in the spiritual world, right? Mm -hmm. So everything that we experience here has already happened in the spiritual mm -hmm. world. And then you have this transfer of energy, you know, so you, you can, you can go there, you can get information, you can do things to help people, you can do things to better your life, all types of things, right? But this hemisync was developed by a guy named Robert Monroe many, many years ago, like back in the 60s, I believe, you know, and he was so profound at inventing this and utilizing it for out-of-body experiences that the U.S. government learned about it, what he was going on, what he what was going on. And, and this guy, he wasn't like some quack selling snake oil, right? This guy was a very wealthy, successful businessman. So this wasn't a money grab for him, right? Because he was already very successful and wealthy. This is just something that he started to experience with, experiment with, I should say. So the, the U.S. Army, they sent their top scientists and officials to his facility to speak with him, right? And they, they learned and they took all his documents and then they turned around and started using it and they weaponized it. And they start doing remote viewing on China as well as Russia during wow. the, the 1980s. And I always tell people, this is true. You can actually go on the CIA website, CIA.gov, and mm -hmm. find these documents, right? They, were, they became declassified about 10 years or so, 10 years ago or so. Crazy. You know, and it explains, explains everything. But... Um, yeah, it's 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 phenomenal meditation. I, I mean, I can't I can't say enough about it. I can't I can't speak enough about it. It's just it's it's again it's it's life changing. If anyone wants mm -hmm. to learn more about themselves, about truth, about life, about the spiritual world, about anything, I definitely recommend that they start with meditation. Meditation will take you to places internally and externally that you would never have thought or dreamed of. It could be life-changing. For sure. Yeah, for me too. I learned so much about myself. And also, sometimes I also ask questions and mm -hmm. I get this little voice too. And I really try to train more this intuition. And um, are, there on, are there also like other techniques to train your intuition? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I definitely, you know, again, meditation, um, crystals as well, because crystals come from the earth. I, I, I've been working with crystals for about two years now. And, you know, I thank God for those crystals. Um, you know, and I, I tell them that too, because they, they contain energy and everything, you know, everything that I do, whether it be working with crystals or, or working with, working with angels, um, or even meditation, it can be used for good or bad, but it's up to the person to decide how they want to, how they want to use it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you have to be careful too. What I like to tell people is what works for me is I, I do what I call putting on my armor every day. Right. So, um, and that involves, I, I, I have sage, I smudge like a smudge stick. I start off doing that, um, and have my, my, uh, my, uh, Indian flute playing in the background and I get really chill. 
And then from there, I go in my closet and I do a prayer and then I say another prayer and then I look at my altar. And then while I'm looking at my altar with all of my crystal grids and my um, my Metatron um, pieces and Archangel Michael pieces and all that, I, I then that's the time when I set my intention. And then after that, mm-hmm. I start my meditation. But um, typically I do it daily with the smudging and and things like that. Um, yeah, that that is that is what I do to to put put on my armor. And then just uh, I think it's very important to to read as well. You know, a lot of knowledge can be can be learned through reading, too. And you can even ask the, the universe or, you know, spirit, you know, what what it is or what's best for you to read at this time. And then they, the universe will direct you to what it is mm-hmm. that you need to know for that moment in your life. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And um, I would really like to go back also to your ayahuasca uh, experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's so interesting. You did it once, right? Yeah, yeah, I sure did. It was it was a three-night experience. It was uh, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night, three nights in a row. And uh, it was in the desert. I, I live in Arizona in the Phoenix area, so I had to travel to Tucson. We were outside in the desert under the stars for three nights. And it was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, what, what I did, um, another, oh, another thing, you, and, and I'll, I'll circle back to the ayahuasca, but fasting as well. I started doing intermittent fasting in 2020. Mm-hmm. That is that is very, that's a, a very, very, very good tool mm-hmm. in regards to um, building your intuition, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and becoming mm-hmm. more spiritual. You know, mm-hmm. that, that, that was a big, big, that played a big role. In, in my journey in 2020 and, and up until now, but I started doing uh, intermittent fasting and then I was on my way to uh, Tucson for the ayahuasca experience. And I stopped mm-hmm. in, in, to grab a bite to eat before I got on the road. Cause it's about a two hour drive. And uh, as I was, as I was eating, the spirit spoke and said, this will be the last thing you have to eat until Monday morning, mm. this was Friday afternoon. Right? Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, I'm fighting it. I'm like, no. But you know, when the spirit talks to you, he keeps, it keeps budging you like, yeah, you're going to do this. And then, so mm-hmm. finally I gave in, I said, okay. So then I had, I got my mind right. and said, okay, this will be the last meal I have until Monday morning. And I really enjoyed that meal too. Cause I knew I wouldn't be eating for a few days, but, uh, I also took a couple spiritual books with me as well. I stayed in a hotel. So we, we were, I would, I, we would go to the, uh, to the ceremony site at night around eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stay until about eight, nine o'clock in the morning. And then I would go back to the hotel until we would go back the, the following night. And, but during that time, I completely cut myself off from the world. Right. I turned my mm-hmm. phone off, uh, no TV, mm-hmm. no, no phone, nothing, you know? And so mm-hmm. during the downtime at the hotel, all I did was, um, meditate and read my spiritual books and took a couple spiritual books with me. And so I went deep and again, I had no food, but, uh, that first night was, it was really crazy. I, I remember, uh, got there about eight o'clock. It didn't get started till about midnight. So from about eight to, to midnight, we were all just sitting in this huge circle. So we're out in the desert. It's about 30 people. We all have our sleeping bags out there and we're sitting in this huge circle. It was the shaman guy who facilitated it. He had this huge, beautiful altar with all types of crystals and all these jugs of the ayahuasca. And uh, 
they they said, okay, the newbies come up first, people that had never done it before. So we went first. I was like third in line. And uh, he told me, hey, Justin, how you doing? Because we, we talked before we got started. So he knew my name. He said, I'm going to give you a, a shot of the strong stuff. I said, okay. <laughs> so he gave me, he reached in the back and got this bottle and poured me a cup. And I, I took it, went back to my sleeping bag. Ten minutes passed. I'm like, I don't feel anything. 20 minutes passed. I'm like, still don't feel anything. 30 minutes passed, still nothing. So I said, okay, let me get up, go to the bathroom. This is about at 45 minutes. So I get up, go to the bathroom, come back to my sleeping bag, lay down. I'm laying on my back, looking up into the night sky, the desert sky with the stars. And I'm looking at these stars, Joy, and all of a sudden, the stars start dancing. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm like, what the hell is going on? The stars are dancing. And then they became very close to me. I mean, you look up in the sky and you see stars and they look like they're at a, at a distance, but these were like super close to me, right? Like maybe a couple hundred yards, like maybe 200 yards. And then something said to me, you can control them. And then, so I start controlling them and I see them doing all these moves and I'm making them do all this. And I'm like, okay. And I'm just giggling. I'm just cracking up. Cause it's, you know, funny to me. And then I'd say probably about 30 minutes after that, that's when it really kicked in. My my senses became so heightened and and specifically my hearing. It was almost as if I could hear any and everything. And then I started having these visions. And soon after that, I saw a demon. And my lesson for that night was because it was like a, a lesson, something I personally learned each night. That night was that spiritual warfare is real, not only in the spiritual world, but here on earth as well. And it was also, I like to tell people, it's also like a training ground for me because it was very, very intense, like very intense because I was being like bothered and tested by by demons. Okay. Mm. Like seriously, I was being bothered and tested by demons. This guy came over to me and asked me that I want basil water. Like I'm under my sleeping bag at this point with my the sleeping bag over my head. I just feel somebody tap my shoulder. I look at this guy. He's like, Justin, you want some basil water? And when I looked at him, I saw a demon on his face and I said, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> right, right. No, I don't want any of your basil water. I'm, I'm good, demon. I'm good. And then, uh, and then again, I had like all these visions. Um, one, one thing I, 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 I've learned, I learned in 2020 that I have, I have gifts as well, like a lot of people, right? Um, one of the gifts that I have is, um, like a psychic ability. Um, and I, I joined this, this, uh, this, this, uh, this club as well. Like it was me and probably about 10 other psychics and we would do these readings every Sunday night. And it was, that, that was amazing. And, uh, I was able to like to see things on in people and like feel their, their energy as well during this ayahuasca ceremony. And I would see, um, like their auras too, which is really weird. And I haven't That's seen that cool. since. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. And that was the only time I've ever seen that was during that, 
I haven't seen them. I didn't see them before or, or after, after that ayahuasca, but during the ayahuasca, I would see like auras on people. But, um, and then night two, night two was so beautiful. Night two was like all about love, you know? And it was like, the spirit was telling me that we're all connected and, um, you know, the, the, the greatest gift and our purpose for being here is to love and to learn how to love. Like that is the, the most important. It was so emotional. I, I remember going back to my car that morning um, and just going in my car and, and before I left to, for the hotel and just like touching my car saying, I love you. I thank you. I love you. That's all I had, you know, <laughs> like, thank you for being a good car, a good vehicle, good, just a truck. Thank you for being so good to me for the last couple of years here, you know? And uh, yeah, that was just, that was just amazing. And then the third night, was just like more so a combination of everything where um the father was just telling me just to just to get ready to deal with um more in regards to like spiritual warfare and letting me know that that I'm on the right path and that I have a purpose here and uh, I'm here to help people and mm-hmm. and uh all these different things. It was it was quite phenomenal, quite phenomenal. But I had a lot of visions, Joy, a lot, so many mm-hmm. visions during those three nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can you share with us some vision? You well, saw? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I saw my children as adults, mm-hmm. which wow. was really cool. They looked really good and really healthy, and they were like very successful. Um, I had a vision of myself as a king. What that means, I don't know. You know, but I was, I was, uh, I had like this crown on, and I was dressed in like African king garb, right? And that was pretty, pretty amazing. I, was, I don't know what's up with that. Oh, I was also told that there was going to be a mass purge of people in the world as well. And this was March of 21, right? Yeah. When I did this and I didn't, I didn't know like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like all these people are going to die. But as you, as we know, the events of the world and certain people have t- taken certain things. I don't know if I can say it on your show, but people have take, taken certain things uh, in their mm-hmm. arm, you know, yeah. um, we, we're seeing that happen, you know, and yeah. uh, we're also being lied to about it, too, in regards to the death from that. Of course, you know, but yeah. I, I think it's I think it's pretty obvious, though. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I also mm-hmm. think you're going to see a lot more, too, unfortunately. Yeah. In the future. Mm-hmm. Um See what other visions did I have? Um, I, I spoke with my father, my mm-hmm. sister, and my grandmother. All three wow. who have who who are deceased, who they passed on. Yeah, okay. I, I spoke with them, and I had spoke with uh, even before the ayahuasca. I had I learned that was one of my gifts as well. I had spoke to uh, my wife's grandmother and grandfather, as well as um, my grandmother too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, amazing. that was pretty intense. That was pretty. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an amazing story. I'm also so interested in ayahuasca. I really want to do it one day, and also in this uh, like tropical s- setting or something. You know, like yeah, I don't want to do it like in a random house or whatever. I just really want to do it like really traditional with a good shaman and yeah. Yeah, so important, so important. You, yeah, um, as you know, a lot of people go to Peru. That's a really yeah. an Amazon. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of retreats go on there. We can do the do the uh, the ayahuasca for sure. 
Yeah. And did you also saw the documentary uh, Died Suddenly? No, I didn't see that. I will put it also in the description. It's really interesting. It's about um, the thing you put in your arm, you know. I don't okay. want to be canceled, but um, right, right. I have to be careful with my words. But um, right, right. Yeah, it's about uh, what it does with your body. So uh, with your red, to, um, red blood cells, right? And it's like clocks. I don't know how to say it. clocks, right? It's like oh, clocks, all, yeah, clocks all all together, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really good um, documentary and really good explained, you know. Wow. Um, yeah, we already knew, of course, what was happening, but now it's really good. Like maybe you can share it with some people, but oh, you yeah. know, also for my parents, I'm sometimes really scared, you know, because they also took it. Uh-huh. And uh, my father likes to travel, so that's why he took it too. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. I hope he's gonna be fine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. And um, so you talked about your uh, abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of abilities uh, did you discover? Well, um, more so, you know, in regards to the to the. Uh, the, the psychic abilities and clairvoyance abilities. Um, I learned that I'm a healer as well, which is very interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this has been, and this is like, it's, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, I learned that when I take the time to focus in on people and when I set my intention to pray for them and focusing on them during my, uh, my meditation that mm-hmm. uh, their their lives improve. Uh, for example, I'll share this story with you. Um, this was last year, yeah, about a year and a half ago, actually. I was doing. Uh, I typically do my meditation in Emmy Sink at night, but mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, um, no, I did do it that night. But then I woke up the next morning, and then I was led to do it again. Spirit said go in your closet and meditate. And, I said, and, and a lot of times when the spirit speaks to me, I'm like, come on, man, you know, cause it's something I don't want to do. Right. <laughs> like, no, man, come on. It's like Saturday morning. I, you don't want to go watch some football or something and eat some food. But spirit said, no, go, go meditate. So I said, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to meditate. So I get up out of my bed, I go in my closet and uh, I notice that uh, my pillow that I keep in there, cause I lay down on my back when I meditate, it wasn't in there. And then, so I, go out the closet and I go back in my bedroom and I'm looking for my pillow and my wife's oh oh but uh when I was walking out of the closet the spirits spoke and said you're going to Utah and I'm like what the hell Utah and so I I, when I went in my closet my wife was asleep but then when I came back out I guess when I got out the bed I, I woke her up and then I grabbed my pillow and then she said where are you for some odd reason she said where are you going and I thought that was odd because the spirit just told me I'm going to Utah. So I said to her, well, I don't know. We'll see. And I just kind of <laughs> looked at her. Right. And then I just went in the closet. So I start the meditation and, uh, you know, the, the binaural beats, it comes on and I get into that very deep, relaxed state. And then all of a sudden I'm out of body. Right. And I'm at a lake and it's winter time. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's snowing out, and it's it's cold and snowing, and this this lake isn't quite frozen all the way. 
And I see this guy in the distance, this white guy in the distance, and he's naked and he's crying hysterically and he's freezing. Mm -hmm. So then I approach him. Right. And I said, I, I remember having this conversation with him. And again, I'm not, I can't, like when you're out of body, you can't, you're just a spirit, right? You don't, you can't see your body because your body's not there, but you can mm -hmm. see everything else. And I was able to communicate. That. I was like, what's wrong? He said, man, I'm about to jump in this lake. Um, I've been having issues with my, my, my kid's mom. Um, you know, she's giving me problems. I'm just going to end it all. I don't, you know, he didn't know how to swim. So he's going, he's committing suicide essentially. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh man, you can't do that, man. Don't do that. You got so much to live for. You have kids, everything, everything. So I was able to kind of talk him down a bit. And then, um, something very interesting when I was, talking to him i could tell he was obviously cold so something just said to me you know make sure he's warm so i did this thing where i transferred my energy to him to keep him warm that was very unique that was like insane actually so i was able to transfer some energy to him to keep him warm and then i told him to call the police he called the police and then we're there waiting on the police and he uh so then I'm listening. The, the, now the meditation is still going on. And then I hear Monroe, Robert Monroe voice coming on. And when I heard that come on, I started to panic because I knew that was the end of the meditation. It was about to end. And I knew as soon as it would end, I was going to be back in my body. And I didn't want to be back in body before the police got there. So oh, then yeah. I finally saw like three or four police cars come. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, good. So the meditation ended and that was it. So I told my wife what happened. We were like, oh, my God, what the hell was all that? So I don't wow. know. So then fast forward, like three weeks later, a good friend of mine, he said, Justin, um, I know this guy. I want you to help him out. Right. I want you to kind of kind of help him out. He's kind of down on his luck, kind of be a mentor to him. I said, cool, man. So we set up a Zoom. So mm -hmm. I turn on the Zoom. And I said, oh, shit, <laughs> that's the guy I saw at the lake. <laughs> honest, honest to God, that's wow. the guy I saw at the lake. Yes. That's so crazy. And, of course, I'm kind of, like, sitting there, like, oh, my God. And I didn't say anything to him. I didn't want to, what are you at the lake? You know, because I didn't want him to think I'm too crazy, dude. Yeah, so I didn't say anything. You know, I never bought anything. So we're just talking and come to find out. He tells me the story, right? He says, he and you like already know. <laughs> I already know. Yeah, exactly. He said, yeah, I've been having problems with my, my child's mom. She kicked me out of our house. Uh, we moved. Blah, 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 blah. He kicked me out. He's having all these problems. And I said, wow. So we're talking for like a week, maybe a couple times a week for a week or two. And then he goes, uh, yeah, so Keith told me that we might have met before. And I'm like, What? Like Keith told you that. So Keith told him, cause I told Keith, I told my mm -hmm. friend who introduced mm -hmm. us, you know what happened. So he went ahead and told uh, him. Uh, and I was like, uh, yeah, man. I was like, I do meditation. And during this meditation, I had this out of body experience. And this is like two weeks before we met. And I saw you at a lake, like naked, cold and afraid. And you were about to jump in the lake. He's like, yeah, man, that was me. And I was like, wow. He, he, he's told me that see, see his, his kid's mother, she uh she takes medicine because she's like bipolar or something like that and so they always had issues getting along because mm -hmm. she a lot of times she wouldn't take her medicine and then uh, she was very abusive too he said and uh so they lived in uh texas 
and they did this cross country drive mm-hmm. and moved to Washington State. And on the way to Washington, they stopped in Utah at that lake again, uh-huh. where the spirit initially told me where I was going to go. And he was homeless when I met him. He didn't have a job. He was like kind of sickly. But I start doing these um, these meditations and these prayers and these 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 uh, like these gifts of love for healing for him. And Joy, this guy has. He has his own place now. Um, wow. He is healthy again. He has a job that he loves. Another thing, he hadn't saw his kids in a long time at that point. And now he, he gets his kids three days a week. You know, um, and I'm not saying that I did that. He did it. He mm-hmm. did it. But I did work on him in my sacred space to help him you know, in regards to with my crystals and these rituals mm-hmm. that I do. And, and that's just one story. You know, it's been, it's been a few people who I've been very fortunate to, uh, to help in, in, in a similar manner over the last couple of years. So amazing story. That's so crazy. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. <laughs> well, and, it uh, must be so nice to help people like this right? because yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> That's what I'm here to do. That's what I'm here to do. That that is definitely a part of my purpose is to mm-hmm. no doubt about it. I know I'm I'm here to help. You know, that that's what I'm here to do. You know, and I, I do it does feel amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. And um you were also saying something about um intermittent fasting, right? That yes. and um, I was also really curious, um, how do you think about uh, breatharians then, that you can live from the lights? Do you believe in that? You said vegetarians? That no, breatharians, that you live from the lights, like no eating. You know, again, anything is possible. I saw a doc, not a documentary. It was kind of like a documentary. It was about a, it was like 10 minutes long. And I'll, I'll send it to you too. This guy, he claims to have not had anything to eat for like 20 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he solely relies on meditation and the spirit as his food. And, you know, I know I have good intuition and, and like can like see through BS when people's trying to just, you know, BS. I, I, I believe the guy, I believe the guy is just something that clicked in my spirit and said, no, this guy is telling the truth, you know? Um, so I, I I definitely think it's possible. I definitely think it's possible without doubt. And I tell you what, me personally, I, I cut out meat on my diet um, for a couple of years now. So I I just do like fish and seafood, and of course, uh, you know, uh, you know, vegetables and fruits. Uh, but the intermittent fasting, like currently, I'm only doing like one meal a day, right? Mm-hmm. So when you do that, when you eliminate certain things from your diet that opens up another level of consciousness. And you you think Mm -hmm. about it, like when animals are killed, that's a very traumatic experience for them. So a Mm -hmm. lot of times they'll line them up, you know, like it'd be 50, like 50 cows or 50 pigs or whatever. And so they're seeing what's happening to these other animals before they get to the, to be slaughtered. And then, so when they die, when they're slaughtered, that's, and because they're scared, that's an energy. Mm -hmm. And so they're being slaughtered and killed while they're in this negative state, this energy. And and when you eat that, you're, you're, you're consuming that, that energy because energy, as we know, it does not die. It just transfers. 
Yeah. You know, so therefore, when you eat it, that that energy is transferred to you. You know that that trauma, that fear that they experience. And ever since I stopped eating that, I mean, it. You know, like it's it's been a, it's been amazing. It's it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, more energy, better mental clarity. Um, I used to have issues sometimes with a little brain fog, as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's gone. You know, it's 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 been again something else that's been life changing for me. So uh, just circle back to your question. Do I do I believe in it? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's definitely mm-hmm. think it's possible. No doubt. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's possible because we are just light creatures, right? We are. Right. So I really believe that it's possible. Uh-huh. And, um, I also saw some doc- documentaries about it. And yeah, it's mm. I don't know. It's It sounds like logic or something, you know, because also the food that we take in from the supermarket, you know, everything is like bad for you. Right, you know? right, right. But, yeah, it's really hard to eat clean, but... Uh, for me too, um, I still eat meat sometimes, but not that much than before, because mm-hmm. I also believe that the fear is still in the meat, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I really um, am aware of it, and um, and I was also really curious about uh, what what advice would you give me for my podcast because I'm just starting out. And you've been in a podcast game for a long time. Um, what advice would you give me? The best advice I can give you, Joy, is don't give up. Okay. <laughs> Keep pushing. Keep, you're doing a wonderful job. And I, I know how you feel right now because I was in your shoes at one time when I when I first mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's a little bit of fear there. There's days that you don't don't want to do it. You don't feel like doing it. You know, you have to worry about getting guests. You got to worry about doing the editing. It's it's a lot that comes with having a show, a lot. Mm-hmm. But don't give up. And not mm-hmm. only, not only that, know that you will continue to be successful and continue to grow from these experiences doing this podcast. Don't believe. Don't have faith. No, it's about knowing. I, I I totally have eliminated the word faith and the word believe from my vocabulary. Like I don't use those words when I when I talk. Right? I talk with a knowing. Like I know I'm going to do this. I know I'm going to do that. And I know that if you do not give up, which you won't, you are going to be very successful at, w- at what you do. And I think that you know you you some people they go through these. Uh, trials and tribulations or go through the hill and valley and where things get tough, they get tired and, you know, things may not be going the way they want it to go or expect it to go. But that simply means that's for that moment. That doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way. Right. Mm -hmm. So just keep pushing, keep pushing. And you know, I'm here for you, you know, whatever you need, you know, to support you in your efforts, you know, (laughs) so. But just yeah. just just keep going. Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Great things coming your way for sure. Wow, I really appreciate this. It's just really nice. Thank you. Of course. And, um, before we wrap things up, where can we find you? Yeah, so I have my website, thehiddengateway.com. I have a, a weekly podcast that I've been doing now for a couple of years. It's It's been a phenomenal experience for me. I've, I've been very fortunate to have uh, a lot of great guests on my show. Um, I've interviewed people such as Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, Chris Foss, Dr. Christiane Northrup, Dr. Robert Malone, um, Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, 
and, 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 a, and, a, and a ton, a ton of, a ton of good people. We, we talk about reaching human potential and uh, bringing awareness uh, to the world, uh, specifically what you said uh, during the intro. Um, I also, like you said, have my book in the eye of the father, a memoir of faith and redemption that can be found on Amazon. Um, I do a lot of community work as well. I'm involved with a organization. Actually, I'm a board member. I sit on the board of organization here in the Phoenix area called fund for empowerment, where we do a lot of work for the homeless. Um, it's not, um, it's, it's not necessarily a lot of outreach, outreach work, but it's more so, um, advocating for the homeless to make sure that they are uh, being treated equally and fairly and their rights are not being violated by uh, the police and uh, other city um, city departments. So I'm very, very involved in that. And I have an organization called Tangelic as well, a nonprofit. And you know about that. You were, you were on my show, Tangelic. And we, <laughs> we on that with that, we, we talk about uh, helping people restore their purpose in life. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that website is tangeliclife.org. So, uh, I have a lot going on, um, you know, living my truth, stepping into my purpose, as they say, uh, but none of this would be possible if I did not believe in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like the advice I gave you, <laughs> if I, you know, don't give up, you know, so yeah. I kind of, I kind of live by that as well. But, uh, mm-hmm. I- I've learned so much over the last uh, few years here about self, about life, about spirituality. And I think it's important that people know that um, regardless of what you're facing, regardless of where you've been, um, each day is a new day to mm-hmm. make a difference, not only in your life, but mm-hmm. the lives of others. And after all, that that's what we're here to do, right? We're here to be positive. We're here to love. Mm-hmm. We're here to grow. We're here to learn. And we're here to teach. So um, mm-hmm. those are the things that I do and uh, I will continue to do. Wow. It's an amazing ending of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So uh, thank you everyone for listening to my podcast and um, I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.